Okay, guys, we're just going to start by um, lifting our tithes and offerings. Um, and there really are quite a lot of you here, <laughs> which I hadn't realized until I got for now. Um, for tithes and offerings, I don't, I don't have a scripture. Um, I've got a story. Um, the Bible tells us that, that, that if we sow, that, that we'll reap the fruits of that. And um, this week we did. You know, we had a team of 30 people that, that, that sowed and sowed and sowed in the into what God was doing here, and throughout the week, we, we have reaped the benefits of that. We, we have seen the fruit, and you know, when it came to Friday, we saw kids get saved, and, and that's the best fruit that, that we can get from that. You know, um, even as a kids team, you know, any money that we get in, we, we, we tie that straight back to something. You know, we make sure that we give out of that, and, and, and this week, to, to put all this on, it, it costs a lot. And, and we had a very, very, very big need that we needed to meet. And I, I, I'll be honest, I'd got to that stage last Saturday where I was sort of going, God, we're going for this in two days, and I'm starting to panic a wee bit. And he just said, wait. And on Sunday night, literally less than 12 hours before we were due to start, the need was met. So guys, as we left our ties and reference, I would just encourage you to sow into the work that God is doing here. You know, you can see the fruit that's coming from it. So if the guys want to come forward.
Okay, guys, if you want to stretch your hands. God, we thank you for, for this seed that has been sown. God, we pray, God, that, that you will just help us to use it wisely for your ministry, God, for the, for the work that you've set before us here, God. And we pray, God, that, that you will bless each and every person that is given tonight, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, before we get into it, I've been asked to highlight a couple of the announcements. Um, due to the bank holiday tomorrow, there is no leadership. I expected a louder cheer than that. <laughs> Due to the, the bank holiday, there is new leadership. Yeah. And the church offices are also closed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and I've been given this one to read, and it says, please read the full announcement. So bear with me. Uh, the Bible College and Discipleship Evangelism course will be holding a registration and information night on Thursday, the 1st of September at 8 o'clock. Those wishing to register or find out more about either Bible College or Discipleship Evangelism, come along, see and experience some of the teachings of Bible College and Discipleship Evangelism. Uh, Bible College only, anybody wanting to register for Bible College, a special offer of half price will be given to anyone registering for Bible College before Tuesday the 6th of September. Monthly standing orders can be set up to spread your tradition fees for Bible College over a nine or 12 month period. And according to demand, these courses can be scheduled for different times of the day to accommodate shift or evening workers or those that find evening courses difficult to attend. Please do come. These courses are set up for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ultimately, their success depends on the support and attendance of the church members. Your servant in Christ, Jim Wilson. So guys, where is Pastor Jim? There he is, right at the back. Okay, so guys, um, yeah, if you want to find out more about that, then do please talk to Pastor Jim after the service. It's open to everybody. Um, you don't have to be a member of the church. And it is something that will be very worthwhile for those of you that are interested, especially the discipleship evangelism course. Um, I've seen wee bits of that, and it does look really, really good. Okay, um, I have a couple of thank yous to say. Um, like, I've, like you've heard already, um, this week has been a tremendous success. Um, I sort of thought that I had faith before this week and that God couldn't really put anything else out of the hat. I was wrong. Um, and it's just been amazing what we've seen this week. But there's a team of, it was 25 to 30 people that helped to pull this off. So I'm going to ask all of them to stand up now and I'd like you all to show them your appreciation. Don't be shy. Um, you can stay standing just to see how long it makes you stand for to feel uncomfortable. Uh, I'm only joking, William, you can sit down. Also, uh, there's a couple of guys who were drafted in at the, at the last minute, so a big thank you to you guys for coming down to help out uh, when the cry went out. Um, and also, we'd like to say a special thank you to Jim Wilson for driving the bus every day. Uh, it's a job that... <laughs> It's a job that I wouldn't like to do, being trapped in a confined space with screaming youngsters. So, uh, Jim, this is a thank you from us for you, so you can come on forward now. There you go.
And Dorothy, you can share them wherever you are. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, guys, and also for everybody here that sent their kids, thank you so much for, uh, for letting us be a part of their lives and for, for letting us teach them more about Jesus. We've loved every second of it. And I think if we've got a couple of hours sleep, we'll be ready to go again next week. Um, but it's been great. And we really can't wait to see what God has in store for next year. So let's pray. God, we just, we just thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for, for the fantastic worship that we've had, God. And Lord, we thank you for all the people that are here. God, we thank you that, that you're always with us, God, and that, that, that you want the best for us, God. And Lord, we just pray that, that you prepare our hearts to hear the message that, that you have for us, God, and that you help us to receive it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so like I said, we spent this week looking at the story of Peter. Peter the Rock, who was the guy that, that Jesus chose to build his church upon. He was the guy that, that Jesus called as, 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 as the foundation stones for his church. And, and, and that's the guy who we're following on after now. The guy that really, if we look at it, if he hadn't done his job, we very probably wouldn't be sitting here now. Um, you know, we started the week looking at Simon the fisherman who Jesus called. He was a simple fisherman. He did things wrong and he screwed up, to be honest, quite a bit of the time. But Jesus saw him and chose him and called him to be that person that would spread his word throughout the world today. And tonight, uh, I want to challenge and encourage everyone in here um, to be a Peter, to go out from this place fired up, ready to go, and excited, ready to tell people about Jesus and about the gospel, you know, ready to go into those communities that I was talking about earlier and just be the hands and feet of Jesus and help, and help those people that are in need. Um, I'm going to do a wee survey here. I sent a text out yesterday um, encouraging people to start a fire. How many people actually went out and committed arson? One. Well, that's, that's good. How many people brought a friend tonight? A lot more? Excellent. Okay. That's what we wanted to do. Because tonight, guys, we want to start a fire in here with all you guys. And when I sent that text last night, I sort of sent it and thought, I really do hope that nobody does go out and start a fire. But I'm quite glad that nobody did. And that uh, you did bring friends. And you got, you got what I was trying to get out there. Um, tonight, tonight's talk, for those that are taking notes, is uh, titled, Am I Unwilling to Go? Um, and I want, I want you to just take a few seconds now to look at your faith. What level is your faith at tonight? You know, when you're on your own, what level is your faith at? When you're with your friends, what's at that? When you're in work. And when you see other people who have a better faith than you, um, what, what way do you look at that? How do you take that? How do you cope with that? Are you somebody that, that encourages other people? Who sees their faith like a flame? Well done, Claire. We got the candle lit. Like a flame burning away, and you see that, and you want to come with the petrol, and you want to pour it on it to fire it up, or are you somebody that, that walks over and just secretly to blow it out so as nobody can see? You know, do you get jealous of people when they're going further than you in God? Um, you know, when they can pray longer because you know because you prayed longer, God listened better. You know. That, that doesn't work, guys. You know, God has called each and every one of us to spread his word just like people. 
Peter, just like Peter. He has called us to spread his word, just like Peter. But so many of us are still unwilling to go because we don't feel that we can do it. We don't feel good enough to do it. And we just feel, oh, it's all right. Somebody else can do it. But each and every person here has a purpose and a destiny. And somebody in here having that mindset and not going out and telling people could be the result of somebody getting into heaven or not. Because you might be that person's one and only hope. You know, when I was thinking of this, you're so many people who are quite happy to come to church on Sunday. You know, you're quite happy to read your Bible during the week. You know, but when it comes to the God maybe saying, look, the church needs somebody to go and clean the toilet once a week. You're like, yeah, right, that wasn't God. I'm not listening. Or your friend down the street needs help. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'm too busy with my Xbox. You know, when God starts to challenge you to step outside your box, you know, when he says, come and pray for an hour a day, you're like, definitely those voices in my head again. I'm not hearing that right. You know, you, you make excuses. You're hesitant. You don't want to come out of your box because you've got God in your box. You're quite happy going to church for me once or twice on a Sunday. You know, you're quite happy with reading your Bible once or twice a week. You know, and, and you don't want to change that. And, and, and God, how dare you ask me to change that? But guys, God is asking you to change that. He's saying that, that he wants more of us. He wants us to, to fan the flame within us and to go out like Peter did and tell the world about him. You know, I was talking to these guys in the back before the service and they were telling me that their church is about to start another service at night. Uh, they're so excited. And that's great to see because I know that a lot of people I have spoken to are like, you go to church twice in one day? Are you serious? You know, what about my Sunday dinner? I haven't had a Sunday dinner in four years. <laughs> you know, because that's what God wants. And it's great to see people like this that are fired up and they're like, yeah, yeah, God's told us to do another service, so let's do it. You know, so guys, when God asks you to do something, make sure you do it. You know, when, when it comes to seeing somebody else who is doing the Christianity thing better, who is making it to church for two or three services a week, who's reading their Bible and quoting it off, you know, and it gets a wee bit annoying because they're just constantly quoting after scripture, after scripture, after scripture. You know, they're praying for hours on end and you're sitting there and you're going, I'm really bored now, stop talking, my dinner's burning. You know, why, why instead of encouraging them, do you walk over, get their flame and blow it out? You know, guys, if, if, if you can't relate to that, that's your problem. You need to go to God and you need to say, God, I want more because God has the same amount for everybody. You know, it's like a fire extinguisher and I really, really wanted a fire extinguisher for tonight. And I've been trying and trying and trying, but it didn't come off. But like, you have a fire extinguisher and you see that. Now that is only a small flame, but you're one of these people that gets the fire extinguisher full force and you're like, to get it out. Because you don't like what that person's showing. You don't want to see it. You know, but really guys, we should go in and we should get in the petrol and we should be pouring it on. You know, imagine if Peter had had that attitude. You know, when Jesus called him, if he, if he had been like, nah, they do this Christianity better than me and I'm the one that God called, you know. So uh, here, there's the fire extinguisher. That's going out. No, you know, every time Peter saw somebody, 
he encouraged them. You know, because let's be honest, if he had put them out and discouraged them, like I said before, there wouldn't be a church today. It's that simple. You know, but yet, here's Peter, this guy, and you might look at him and say, oh, he's from the Bible. It's okay. He can be like that. But Peter was just a normal guy, like every single person in here. You know, in fact, Luke, verse, Luke chapter 5, verses 40 to 11, tell us about when Jesus called Peter. And it says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They followed him because they saw who he was. And tonight, guys, I pray that, that, that people here who, who don't see who Jesus is, who don't get it, that, that you will really get a hold of this tonight. For those of you who, who are maybe struggling in your faith and we're going to talk about you know, different aspects of that as we go on, that tonight you too can forsake everything else and follow him. You know, in this verse, Peter recognizes his own sinfulness. He recognizes Jesus' majesty and his power. You know, and he sort of doubts, or sorry, he doesn't sort of doubt. He says, why God? Why me? You know, but Jesus says to him, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. You know, and I'm sure Peter's standing there and Jesus is saying this, and he's looking at him and going, there's something loose in that guy's head. You know, he wants me, I'm a fisherman. He wants me, I get it wrong. He wants me, I screw up. But Jesus is saying, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And the fact that he knew who Jesus was, he was able to follow him and it made it so much easier for him. You know, and maybe people here are thinking, you know, why did Jesus call somebody like that? Because he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing with this guy. And from this point on, Jesus uses Peter, the sinful person who gets things wrong, to spread the gospel. You know, and even now you'd think, you know, here he is, he's called by God, he's got a purpose, you know, he's pumped up, he's ready to go, he's woo! And he gets it right from here on in. But no, he doesn't. He still gets it wrong. You know, Jesus had handpicked Peter from all the other disciples. You know, in fact, let's be honest, out of the whole world at that point, Jesus could have gone to anybody. But he picked Peter to be the person he would build as the foundation of his church. You know, and in Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20, Jesus tells, tells Peter about the ministry that, that he set before him. 
When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjuna, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, what, what, like the more and more I've learned about Peter this week, the more and more I've sort of thought, you know, why did Jesus pick somebody so normal to be the cornerstone of the church, to be, to be the, the person that, that he builds his church on? But that is the answer. Because he's normal. Because he's like us. You know, we can relate to him. You know, we can relate to him as somebody who, who does stumble who does get it wrong, who stuffs up, you know, and he says things he shouldn't do, and sometimes he does it to the extremes. You know, after all, we're talking about the guy who denies Jesus, not only once, but three different times. You know, here we're hearing about him, and he's going, yes, you are the son of the living God. But a few chapters on, Jesus, I don't know him. Who is he? You know, and for me, that's the perfect example. You know, Jesus warned Peter that he was going to stumble. But Peter, I think Peter had the pride factor. Forget the X factor. I think he had the pride factor. And he was like, no, I'm Superman, or I'm super spiritual man. I can do this. I'm not going to let you down. But he does. He stuffs it up, and he does it three times. You know, let's be honest, of all the things that Peter did, that was probably one of the worst things he did in his life. But in John chapter 21, 15 to 27, we see how Jesus responds to that. You know, here's the guy, he's denied him. He said he wouldn't do it, and he did. And Jesus simply walks up to him and says, so when they'd eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. That is the amazing work of the cross. You know, there's the guy that has denied Jesus. But Jesus went and he died on the cross. And when he came back, he forgave the very guy who denied him three times. You know, tonight, Jesus saves, he forgives, he heals, and it doesn't matter what you've done. 
it doesn't matter where you're coming from. You know, from this point on, all that matters is where you're going to. You know, whatever the need is in your life, he can meet it. (coughs) Nothing's too big for him. You know, if death isn't too big for him, I'm sure that finance or sickness or relationships or whatever else are tiny. In fact, I know they are. And Peter is the perfect example of that. Tonight we've got four types of people in here. Okay? And I really hope that, that you can relate to this, okay? Claire is about to become God. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm really not convinced God would wear this kind of apron. But Claire was determined she was wearing it. In fact, she actually sent Josh to the house to get it specially. Okay. Um, we'll let her get ready there. Tonight, we'll let you roll, Claire. <laughs> Tonight, we've got people in here who are like gingerbread men. Okay. God, God is he's, he's rolling you out. Okay. And he's preparing you ready. And then... When it comes to the point that you can put the shaper on it, okay? It's too small. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, You're at this point where God has shaped you, okay? But now he's peeling off the bits that you don't want to make it perfect, okay? And... He's perfect. Oh, wow, it is pretty perfect, Claire. And God, God is just, he's, he's, he's working out the flaws and, and, and it might hurt, you know, and, and you might have to get rid of friends that you don't want to have to get rid of. You might have to stop doing things that, that you don't want to do, but, but you've got to let him work because his way is perfect and this is what he wants from you. And, and even if it does hurt, he's doing it for the greater good and he's doing it because he loves you. You know, you've got people that, their heart is in the fridge. You know, you're chilled out. You're like, God, Jesus, yeah, knew him, but he's in the fridge. It's all right. I'm quite happy just, you know, putting it on the back burner, so to speak. You know, my faith is there when I need it, but I'd rather be, you know, hanging out, doing my own thing and, and, and not worrying about him. You know, you've got those people before that I talked about, they're on fire, they're buzzing, they want more and more of Jesus. They, they'll do anything they can. They'll get up at six o'clock in the morning just to wash toilets in the church because, wow, I'm serving Jesus. You know, that, that, that's what they want to do, you know, and they're buzzing, they're buzzing, they're buzzing. And then you get people who, they've got a big switch on their back, you know, and depending on who they're with, it depends on whether it's on or off. You know, if you're with your mates from school, your switch is off. My Christianity's turned off for now, don't worry about it. But as soon as you come into church, you flick it straight back on again and you're ready to go for Jesus. But guys, God doesn't want that. He wants the people that are buzzing, that are on fire, that, that, are, that, are, that are raring to go. You know, you get the people that... The other way I thought of describing this, but I've actually set it down somewhere, so if anybody finds my yo-yo, I would quite like that back. It lights up. Um, you know, you're like a yo-yo. We'll just pretend, you know. You're going up and down like the switch is going on and off. You know, you relate to whoever you're with and, and, that, and that's the type of Christian I am. You know, you're up and down. And, and tonight, tonight I, believe that, I believe that God wants to change that. 
you know, 1 Peter 2, verse 7 to 10 tells us, Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, and that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You know, we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are his own special people. And it is our job to proclaim the praises of him who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous life. You know, no matter what you believe, God has called you. He sent Peter to tell the world about Jesus. And to be honest, I think he's done a pretty good job. But now, now it's our turn. You know, now we need to take that work on. And it's simple. You know, the work and the tasks and everything that, that go with it are simple. But yet we're still unwilling to go. You know, why are you willing, unwilling to share and encourage other people? You know, why would you rather sit back and let pain, hurt, worry, troubles and struggles get their better of you? Then to turn the answer, turn to the answer, or tell others the answer, which is Jesus. You know, there's no big secret to sharing the gospel, other than go out and open your mouth. You know, one thing I say to people all the time is, all it takes is for you to speak, and tell them, and God will give you the words. But even show them by your actions. Because if you're going out there and you're proclaiming to be a Christian in front of your friends and your family or your workmates, but you've got your buttons switched off, then no harm to you. You're the worst example there could be. You need to have that on all the time. You need to be fired up and you need to be willing to share. You know, the whole story of Jesus is quite simple. You know, in the beginning, God created the world you know he created Adam and Eve and they walked in the garden of Eden with him you know they had a pure heart that was whole and complete you know and they walked in the garden they talked with God they were in communion with God they were in fellowship with God but then they went and they ate of the tree and Adam went, oh, it was the woman's fault. And the woman went, oh, it was the snake's fault. And that argument is still going on about whether it was the woman's fault. I think it was. Uh, you know. <laughs> that is why I'm single. It's fine. <laughs> I can admit that. <laughs> One day when I've decided it's time to get married, it's the snake's fault. But as for now... It's the woman's fault, okay? Um, so yeah, so God, he, he gave us a pure heart. A heart that, was, that was, it was perfect. And it was with him. And it wanted to be with him. And commune with him. And, and just go after God all the time. But over time, 
as we said, Adam and Eve ate the apple, not holding the blame here, and um, sin entered the world, and that heart started to get damaged. And over time, after they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, it got more and more damaged. Until it, it, it got to the stage where you can't really put that back together to make it pure. You know, no matter what way you do it, there's going to be an imperfection there. But as the years went on, it got worse, you know, and, and, and the heart got ripped even more. And that pure and holy heart that God had given us, that, that he longed for with us, it just wasn't happening anymore. That, you know, it was just, it was starting to get unrecognizable, you know. And people were hurting each other, they were hurting themselves, and it was just going on and on and on until the stage where that's not going back together. And God looked down and he, and he says, what can I do? How, how, can I, how can I get my people back? You know, because he's looking at, at broken, hurting people whose heart that, that he was longing after, that, that heart that once longed after him was in pieces. The answer was Jesus. He sent Jesus because he wanted us to have a complete whole heart again. You know, and, and he sent Jesus and he died on the cross for us. And when we recognize that, like Peter did, he takes the broken bits one by one and we put them back into Jesus. All those things that, that are holding us back and hurting us, all those sicknesses and worries and cares, he takes them all. And Jesus bore them on the cross. And the reason he did that was so that we could have a complete, whole, perfect heart again. And so that we could have that relationship with God. Because he didn't want us to be broken anymore. He wanted us to be whole and pure and going after him. Not right fall. You know, when God saw the troubles his people were facing, he reached down. You know, he reached down through his son, Jesus, to take away all the pain and the hurt and the trouble. Through Jesus, he showed us how to be rebuilt and how to become whole again. You know, once we've let God work at us, he's ready to use us. And he's ready to release us into the ministry that he has called for us. And that's something that here that we believe in very, very strongly. You know, we want to reach out to the hurt and the broken. And tonight, this is our celebration service for reaching out. You know, we want to reach out. We want to bring you in. We want to, we want to tell you the truth of this guy, Jesus. We want to tell you about him. We want to tell you how, how all those hurts and all that rubbish that the world has put on you can be fixed through him so that you can have that perfect and whole heart again. You know, and that you can know that, that you're loved and so that you can go out and tell people about him. Just like Peter, this is our time to go out. You know, if you're a Christian, I would encourage you tonight to go out and start fires. Start fires in people that you know. Spread the word and, and, and tell them about the marvelous work of the cross. For the Christians that you know, encourage them and build them up. Keep them up in prayer, support them, look after them. 
Because guys, if we can't do it together, then what hope have we got for going out and helping the world? If you don't know Jesus, if you're not a Christian, then tonight it's time to put your burdens away, to run to Jesus and let him guide you. You know, maybe you've related to one of these examples. It's time to, to, to put that away and, and just become one of these people that, that is on fire and ready to run for Jesus. Guys, like Peter, it's time to stop denying Jesus, to recognize who he is and to run with it. And tonight, I want to challenge you and ask you, are you willing to go? No matter what your situation now, are you willing to go? And I'm going to ask the guys to come back up in a minute and, and play, and then I'm going to come back and, and we're going to respond to that. You know, but if you are willing to go, guys, then I've got to, I'm going to leave this at the back. You know, I've got a matchstick for everybody. If you're willing to go out and share the gospel, and start spreading fires around this world for Jesus. I want you to lift a matchstick, and I want you to keep that. And remember that, that you have been chosen by God, that, that if Peter can do it, that you can do it too. That, that every single person is able to go out and start a fire and encourage people. It doesn't matter what your background, what your current situation, where you're coming from because you know where you're going. So I'm going to ask the guys to come back. And I'm going to ask to reflect on that. And once we've had time to reflect and, and just worship him, then we're going to respond. Should we stand? I hope he's coming back. broke a guitar string earlier everyone say oh. but he's done well Thank you.
that when you raised yourself you're raised from the dead when all death was destroyed and our sin was taken care of let us never forget that God that the same power that raised you from the dead now lives in us and we have now the power to change this world and we are your hands and your feet God, what a privilege it is to serve you who, who is alive. And as a body of Christ, together, as one with one voice, with one heart, to change this world forever. Thank you, God.